Wow, this is our seventh episode, guys. This is the isn't this the the make it break it episode? <laughs> All right, ready, guys. This is the Morning Dota Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Morning Donut Podcast. I'm Juan, and with me are my co-hosts, Danny and Carlos. How's it doing, fellas? Hey, what up? Hey, hey, doing good. How are you? Yep. Hey, Danny, welcome back. I missed you last week. Yeah, good to be back. Um, <laughs> how was, uh, how was your you father's your time day? off. Yeah, I did. It was good. It was good. Spent time with the family, so that was a, it's always a good time. So, you know, it was nice time off. Great That's show, by the hear. way. So that was, it was a great show. I got to listen to it, so. I'm glad we made you proud. We, we were we were scared to let you down. No, no, everything. It was great. Yeah. yeah, hopefully we didn't give you a little heart attack about, you know, selling out and stuff. <laughs> that was funny. That was a funny clip. <laughs> well, this is our seventh episode, lucky number seven, so you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna stop making any uh podcasts for you guys, so hopefully you enjoy them up to this point. On uh, this week's episode we're gonna talk about Apple's developer conference, also known as WWDC. Uh, we're going to talk about Michael Keaton's return to the cow and talk about the end of the segue. As always, you can find find uh, timestamps in the show notes, so feel free to jump around. Um, Carlos, a couple of episodes ago, you were telling us about uh, sports and crowd noise. And recently, the uh, Premier League came back, uh, maybe about a week and a half ago. And uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Liverpool, Premier League champions, finally, Mom-mom. after 30 years. <laughs> But um, found it interesting watching the uh, couple matches that I saw. You know, with the uh, there was actual crowd noise. I don't know how they were feeding it into the stadium, but it it, it, it kind of sounded interesting. You know, kind of brought that dynamic of crowd and and stuff into the uh, into the match, which I found pretty interesting. And you know, kind of made it feel a little bit more real. I know you had um some uh, updates on that as well. Yeah, so I don't know if, if anyone remembers, we did a, a quick story on something that they were doing in the in the Japanese pro sports scene, something that uh, I believe it was Yamaha that was doing it, where they were just, you know, pumping in fake crowd noise from real people that people can record it and, you know, through an app, and they have all these speakers set up around the stadium, and it just kind of pumps in the noise. Well, they started doing that here um with espn and uh top rank boxing and i thought it was really interesting so i was watching you know we talked about how you know combat sports has come back a lot right ufc has been back and now boxing and to me that makes a lot of sense because combat sports seems to be the easier kind of sport to to bring back during covid because there isn't there aren't really any teams and it's easier to do without crowds and things like that um because everything is essentially kind of an exhibition match and it's not like an ongoing thing like it would be for baseball or football or any of those sports uh so i was you know checking out some of it and I, they had a little thing and it said hey if you want to be a part of the crowd go to this site and it's um the the site it's, it's called hear me cheer so you go to espn.hearmecheer.com and there's a little button that says find your game and it'll show you whatever live uh, matches are going on and you can mm. just record you record from your phone it's through the browser so it's not through an app and uh i'm not sure exactly how it works the company is called uh champ tracks and they're a toronto-based company um and they're pretty new to it they were founded in 2018 so they haven't been around for too long uh but pretty much the way it works is that you record it on their website it goes to their servers and then it gets sent over to espn so i'm not sure how how quick it is or how long it takes 
Um, all of the boxing matches that I watched, I didn't actually watch them live. I watched them like the day after uh, as a replay. Uh, so I wasn't able to actually test it, but I'm going to try to tune into like a live one. And I really want to try it. I want to see if, um, you know, I mean, obviously it's probably would be really hard to, to point out yourself, right, or whatever. But apparently yeah. at its peak... Uh, when they first rolled it out, there was about 15,000 people using it. So that's a good amount of people uh, cheering. So, I mean, 15,000 is a, a pretty decent sized stadium if that were, you know, a, an actual stadium with 15,000 people in it. So that seems like it's kind of cool. And, you know, to your point about the the Premier League, I did, you know, watch a couple of games um, and you can hear it, right? You can hear like it yeah. sounds like there's people in the crowd. And it, it's kind of interesting because even you as a spectator, it's uh, it's kind of makes it feel more like a regular game because again, all you see on the camera is you're just gonna see the field still like anything else, right? So if you're just watching the players and the ambient noise of crowd is still there, it kind of makes you feel like it's still a regular game almost. So kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, I, I found it interesting too watching the matches like when they would uh, have a missed goal or even when they would make a goal. Like I don't know if they have like specific clips to mm-hmm. for the reaction to that but that's kind of what it sounded like like it wasn't just crowd noise but like when they shot a goal missed it or even when they made a goal you can tell that they were either had it queued up or something like that yeah so, yeah. yeah i was kind of curious about that too because i can't imagine it's real time right because if something happens i mean it takes a while for the actual spectator to go to their phone and, and record whatever yeah. their reaction was so it's mm-hmm. got to be something like you said that's kind of queued up and I'm sure they have some kind of algorithm that just uses that for, like, for example, if something happens, right, there's a goal or maybe someone throws a hard punch that lands in, in, a, in, a, in a fight and the crowd reacts to that. So, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see what uh, how baseball and basketball yeah. use that if they try to use that technology in the coming yeah, months. Yeah, I mean, the fact that ESPN is using it here already, that kind of tells me that I, I would imagine we're going to see something like maybe, I don't know if it'll be from this Champ Tracks company uh, or something similar, but if they already have a partnership with ESPN, I mean, you know, what bigger uh, new uh, news sports outlet type of deal, you know, can you get as a small company? So I would say that's pretty good on them. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta, check, gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah. Gotta check that out. Mm-hmm. So, segways, guys. Have you guys ever rode a segway? I have. I think only on vacation. Um, where the hell was I? I think it was it was one of the resorts that I went to a while back. I want to say it was in the Dominican, and we took mm-hmm. like a segway tour around the resort because it was a pretty big resort, and you just jump on segways and you roll around the whole place, and then they take you to the beach. It was actually kind of fun. It's the only time I've ever been on a segway. I know we have them here in the city. Tourists love them, um, yeah. and they're always they're always in the way. Because they're just, oh, yeah. it's like it's like a pack <laughs> exactly. of 10 people on a Segway. And I'm just like, bro, you need to move. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is not safe for you here. You're just, you're just on Lakeshore Drive. You're just rolling down the street. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, yeah, that's the only time I've ever ridden one was on vacation. So, I guess it's a very touristy thing to do, right? I was a tourist when I did it. I've never ridden them here. But, you know. Well, apparently they're going to stop production on them as of July 15th. Um, I guess there's only been 140,000 of them made. I don't know why I would would have thought that number would have been a little bit higher. Um, I have to imagine that that... See, I, I'm confused. Is Segway a brand or is Segway a thing? Kind of like Q-tip versus cotton swab. Like, wh- what What exactly is, is ending? 
Like the actual, what? I can't imagine that no one's going to make motorized electric scooter things anymore. You know what well, I mean? I think it's, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, you're probably right, but I'm not sure of how. Uh, well, I know that Segway, the brand, was purchased by Ninebot back in uh, April of 2015. But I've not, I don't know if I've ever seen any other. I don't know what the patent is on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so maybe they own some kind of production yeah, method so they, or something. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I get your I get your point. But um, so Paul Blart um won't have a Segway anymore, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so, I'm yeah, sure no they'll more. I'm sure they'll save one from from <laughs> yeah, the I original know. production, right? <laughs> now it'll be worth more. <laughs> Yeah, no more, no more Paul Bart or any pesky uh, tourists on the, run, running down Michigan Avenue and getting in the way. There's no way that they're, that's not going to continue to happen. I mean, obviously not right now because of COVID, but I mean, they already own those. I'm sure they can just maintain them and still use them. I mean, that's a moneymaker for sure. Well, yeah, so. um, according to this article from uh, Extreme Tech, I think one of the problems with Segways was that they were built so well. And so they never mm, really... Okay. And they never really needed a lot of maintenance and stuff like that. And that's why, you know, t- from since 2001, if you bought one in 2002, it's, it's probably still in use today. You know, it's like a Subaru, you know, like those Subaru commercials. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, too, right? Because if these are designed for mainly tourist type stuff or some kind of industrial use where like because i've seen also people use them to like whip around factories or big warehouses and stuff like that right. i think yeah. they're des- they're kind of designed to take a beating because it's not just something it's not like a like a bike where you just you know any old person is going to grab one and buy one they're number one they're expensive right i'm pretty sure they're expensive so but are they going to stop the the, the 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 production for i guess commercial use or will it also be you you know it was is there, are they still going to build them for private? Like, that's your point. Like, can businesses still purchase them? Or, you know, maybe a tourist company can, per, you know, still purchase them and make them available? Or is it, according, according is it to completely this article, shutting down? Yeah, according to this article, it's completely shutting down. I think they're only keeping a few um, employees for maintenance and warranty, stuff like that, but no mm. more. And then in that same article, they talk about um, the company, Ninebot, still making these hover chairs. Which uh, I guess they debuted. They debuted them in CES last year, or this year actually. Hmm. But I, I don't. I haven't been able to find anything, <clears throat> anything on those. So I don't know if they're like maybe something for the handicapped or something like that. But yeah, I mean that's uh end of the segue and you know Paul Blart. There you go. We got we got 15 days to go by when Carlos. You want? <laughs> hey, let's, just, let's get one. We'll slap the morning donut logo on it. <laughs> we'll go yeah, right. Cruise around Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, one thing that's interesting too about them being acquired by Ninebot, that was actually the same company that was their Segway's rival, and um, mm-hmm. Segway previously accused of copying its signature scooter. So there was actually some, I guess, tension between those two companies, and then. Ninebot eventually bought it. So I thought that's kind of interesting. I wonder how that worked out. I wonder if that was like a hostile kind of like we're just taking over your company kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could have been. But obviously Ninebot being the bigger company here and they're obviously still going to be in an operation or, you know, do whatever they do. I'm sure they're going to own, like you said, all the patents and stuff. And if they're making other things, they're probably taking that same type of tech to put it into other products that are similar, you know, just electric moving little vehicles, whatever. You can make a golf cart if you wanted, whatever. It's right? the same thing. Yeah. And I won't be surprised if somewhere down the road they, they bring it back or something, you know, right. Like they always do. 
Mm-hmm. So, Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, guys. What do you think about that? I'm excited. I don't know. I, like, I, I kind of... I, I, I liked him in the first Batman. Well, in the first one. I liked him in the... Carlos just said, I don't know. You know, Carlos, don't know Carlos is very hard to please. It's not that. It's just that... Well, him coming back as Batman, if he only comes back as Batman... In, this is this is in the flash in the flash movie um and if he only comes back as batman i'll be very happy because i think michael keaton is probably the best batman right. but hands down the worst bruce wayne and you have to you know that's the one thing that a lot of people like to say michael keaton was the best batman because he was the best batman and that's true but who's the best overall actor to play batman slash bruce wayne because it is two separate characters that the same person has to play so yeah. like for example christian bale played an amazing uh bruce wayne and a so-so batman i liked christian bale's batman but his bruce wayne was was fantastic whereas michael keaton i i, I didn't buy him as my as bruce wayne at all but as batman absolutely so as long as he's only batman in the movie i'll be happy with that <laughs> Well, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, there there hasn't been so too much information because it's not really confirmed yet. But I mean, the the news is that it's probably going to be a multi film deal. Um, mm-hmm. And the film and the like you said, it's going to be in the Flash movie, and that movie's in, supposed to be inspired by uh, the Flashpoint event from 2011, which is um, an awesome storyline. I'm excited to see that yeah. in live action. Yeah. So, so for those of you that don't know that that storyline is. The timeline in that storyline is Cyborg is the greatest superhero at that time. Bruce Wayne is actually murdered instead of his parents. His father, Thomas Wayne, becomes Batman and Martha Wayne becomes the Joker. We should probably put a spoiler alert uh, before you're just spilling all the beans on this storyline. Sweet Moses. It's kind of... I mean, it's from 2011, you know? Does it I mean, matter? <laughs> Well, spoiler alert all right yeah too late <laughs> <laughs> oh well essentially the high left the the gist of the of the of the storyline is that uh the flash goes back in time to fix something and he ruins everything that's pretty yeah. much what it's about that's yeah. it <laughs> it's actually really really good honestly even with what you just heard it's it's not spoiled it's it's a it's an awesome story and there's an animated movie that you can go watch too with flashpoint paradox yeah. uh which is a really good movie you can check that out it kind of lays out what the comic is all about um so again a movie about that awesome sorry go yeah. ahead <laughs> and um i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure if you guys ever watch any of the cw shows do you um, I, mm. I haven't to be honest i've not. watched the yeah, i've watched the, some of the flash and it's actually not bad story-wise but it's just so corny everything on the cw yeah. is just corny and i can't really get past that but story-wise, it's actually pretty good. Like the Flash is the only one that I did watch. I watched a little bit of Supergirl, and then I, I kind of you know stopped doing that as well. I just couldn't get past it. It's a little too cheesy for me. Yeah. So so apparently in in that realm of the universe on the TV shows anyway, they um they have an event called Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not gonna spoil that, even though that event is from like the 80s. So if you haven't read that and you're listening to us, then shame on you. But apparently in, in the the beginning of that event in the series of, of shows, there's a, a montage that goes through like the different Earths of the DC universe. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a clip in there of Earth 89, which refers to the 1989 Batman, which is Michael Keaton. And there's a there's a clip in there of Alexander Knox. You remember Alexander Knox from the, the movie The Reporter with Vicky yes. Vale? 
Yep. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. So he, so he makes a cameo in there, and they're flashing the bat signal. He's like, he, I think he mentioned something like, "I hope you're watching, big guy." So hmm. that's kind of interesting that they threw that in there, and then now they're talking about bringing Michael Keaton back as Batman and stuff like that. So it, it's yeah. going to be interesting, and you know, I don't know what kind of role he's going to play. A lot of people are saying that he's probably going to play like a mentor. So. Maybe he's not going to don the suit, Carlos. I don't know. <laughs> and didn't also um, Ezra Miller also show up in, the, in one of the Flash episodes on the TV show? So, again, yes. another another crossover where they yep. brought in, you know, the DCEU Flash in Ezra Miller over to that to that CW show. So that was kind of interesting, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, uh, do you think that DC can top Marvel as far as going the multiverse route? Or, I don't you know, know. That's going to be tough. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, I mean the multiverse is it's a t- it's a very hard thing to tackle, especially yeah. with people that that really don't read the comics and stuff like that. To bring that to the cinematic universe and into the mainstream, I, I don't know. I, to me, that seems like it's going to be kind of hard. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it is. And I, honestly, I don't think that DC can do anything better than Marvel in terms of movie making. So, I mean, just from that alone, I, I'm going to say no. But at the same time they can very easily use a multiverse kind of thing to cover up all of the broken timelines in their movies in general. So it's kind of like a built-in safety net where they can just do whatever they want and just say, oh, well, it's a multiverse thing. Um, But to answer your question, no, because I don't think that they can do anything better than Marvel, just generally speaking. So let alone tackling something like the multiverse, which is... Again, I think they would do it in a way where nothing would connect and they'll just say it's because of the multiverse. Whereas with Marvel, I'm sure they're going to do it in a way where everything still connects while acknowledging the fact that there is a multiverse. So I'm pretty sure that Marvel's, you know, whatever they do with it, you know, we'll see with the new Doctor Strange and all of that when that comes out. And also with uh, WandaVision, the TV show, that's going to play with a lot of that as well. We'll see what they actually do with it, but no, I, I don't think they'll do it better. Yeah, I, I mean, I can agree to agree with you on that. I just, I just wish DC would just come out and say we are doing a multiverse. It, like everything that you're seeing now is in our multiverse instead of mm-hmm. just having us hanging by a thread. You know, like trying to figure yeah. out. Because then if they do come out with it later, and then it, if they don't go that route, and they just keep continuing making movies the way that they are, it's just, I mean, they're never going to catch Marvel, and I mean, we would just have to stick to the comics at least for DC anyways. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right. And I know that there's there's new leadership with the, over at Warner Brothers with DC specifically, so um, I forgot the guy's name that is no longer, you know, running the show, but uh, hopefully they're, you know, they, you know, whoever's doing it now, whoever they bring in is going to be someone that, you know, it's kind of like Kevin Feige in, in the sense where the reason why the, the MCU is so good is because Kevin Feige is a straight up nerd. Like he actually mm-hmm. studies this stuff. He actually is a fan of the source material. So he tries to keep it true. Right. Even on stuff that he produced, like I think he produced the original X, the, the first X-Men movie for Fox. Um, so, again, another reason why that movie was pretty good was because they had someone that knew what the hell they were talking about actually there running it or, or at least assisting in some way and not just exactly. some movie exec that's like you know movie execs like oh we'll just do this people love this it's different when you're looking at comic book stuff you know you you have to approach that a way a totally different way and 
Kevin Feige has done that with Marvel, and that's why those are so good. And I think just Warner and DC have to do the same thing. You know, get someone in there that actually knows this stuff and knows how to make good comic book movies that people are actually going to enjoy. So yeah, I mean that's I think that's that's the main difference. That's the biggest difference in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and well, it never seemed like DC ever had a, a clue, even back after the Keaton Batman's with Joel mm-hmm. Schumacher doing you know Batman Forever and all that, and you know Superman Returns, and exactly, it's been a long list of movies that mm-hmm. just they just don't get it, you know. Like and most of the time, the animated movies are a lot better. They're great. The anime, I think, I think it's just because yeah. it's animated and they can kind of stick to the source material a little bit better. But yeah. when it comes to actual Hollywood movies, that's where your execs get involved and they're the ones that ruin it. It's not the filmmakers. It's it's always the decisions from the top that mess these movies up. Yep. And when Disney bought Marvel, they were like, well, clearly you're, you know what you're doing. That's why we're buying you in the first place. We're going to continue to let you do what you do. We're not going to get involved you know, obviously they do to a certain extent, but for the most part, you know, you have carte blanche to do whatever you want because we trust you to make good movies, and that's what they've been doing. Yeah. Well, let's, we'll see what happens. Um, we should know more about the uh, Michael Keaton and Batman, or uh, yeah. as Batman in the Flash comes exciting August. Yep. Yeah, I guess there's a fandom event that they that mm-hmm. DC has. Yeah, it's a big old. Uh, it's like a big virtual event, I guess they're having right in in lieu of um, uh, Comic Con no longer happening this year. I believe that's kind of one of their what they're trying to do to supplement that. Yeah, so we should find out more about it then. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of virtual events, WWDC. Did you guys check it out? Did you guys watch man. it live, like me? Oh, yeah. I watched it live. Production wise, man, holy moly! They, it I mean, was, obviously, yeah, obviously it wasn't live, right? It's all pre recorded, mm-hmm. and. Man, were they flexing their production muscle because it looked good. It looked real it good. Did. Oh did. yeah, compared compared to some of the uh, other virtual events, I think Apple Apple took the took the cake on that one, man. Yeah. That I mean, was, they always do. Yeah, yeah, even with live events, they're the they're the gold standard when it comes to good keynotes, good presentations, and everyone tries to copy them. You know, and they, you know, some people do it pretty well, but Apple always does it the best in terms of presentation. And because with this being pre-recorded, I mean, it was the camera work, the drone work, the transitions, like everything. It was so good. Just so, just a little side note on just production in general. It was solid. <laughs> I yeah. would agree. If any, yeah, if any of you get to check it out, they they do have it on uh, on demand on YouTube as well as the uh, Apple.com website. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some stuff we got out of that was iOS 14, iPad OS 14, Watch OS 7, TVS, TV OS 14. And macOS Big Sur, which are expected to come out in the fall. Um, some of the things that I found interesting about iOS 14 was we're finally getting widgets, not not the side sides widgets, <laughs> actual widgets yeah. on the home screen and other pages and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, you can hear picture, all the an- you can hear all the Android fanboys. We've had that since 2009. <laughs> like, That's shut exactly up, what cares. I was thinking when they were saying that. I'm like, I could hear everybody saying that exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was like, okay, yeah, you we, guys we are better. Or like, or, or like the picture in picture. Yeah, you're finally yeah. getting that. Right, so it's yeah. it's and it's it's totally fine. I mean, every, it's, I, it's, I'm it's good with fine. it. Yeah, <laughs> it just it's just a lot better when they do it. <laughs> it always it's always more polished. It's always pulled off better, whether it's late or not. And then that's when things actually. That's what I like about it too. And people don't realize this is that, you know, Apple is typically late with features like that, but they always do it better. And when they do it, it elevates that entire feature set for the future. So. 
other developers will go back and do their own better. And even on Android, I'll, exactly. I'll see more than likely their widgets will improve because of the way Apple does theirs. It's just very polished. It's very smooth. And, you know, it just kind of moves everything forward, regardless if they were first or not, or if they're 10 years late, it doesn't matter. It's It moves everything in the right direction. Exactly. They, they, it doesn't seem like they always had that first to market um, mm-hmm. mentality, which is good. I mean, like the Apple Watch, for instance. I mean, yeah, they were very late to the game, but when you think of a of a smartwatch, you think of the Apple Watch. <laughs> yep, and it's still to this day the, not just the number one smartwatch, the number one watch in general, and it's because they do it well and it's adopted very well. Even though, you know, Google had their their Wear OS here a, a long time ago, right? And it's it's still not highly adopted because it's not that good. Right. I mean, it's decent. It's not that good though. Well, because you can sit back and watch what works and what doesn't work, mm-hmm. and then when you launch your product, you have that that advantage of hindsight. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, and, and everything doesn't sit in beta like on Android or in Google. Mm. <laughs> this is good. It's just a beta for life. I think Chrome yeah, just... is still in beta. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's finally out, but it was in beta forever. <laughs> yeah. So other things that came out was uh, the translation app, which you know Google or Android already has messages, mm-hmm. updates with inline replies, mentions, and you can pin your conversations. That's what um, I'm looking forward to. That's mm-hmm. something I've, that's something that I really really was hoping, especially like, for instance, our, our group chats when we have those. I mean, oftentimes you're having a, you're responding to something that was asked a while ago. And, you know, um, I like the fact that now we can go reply to. So, if Carlos, you asked me a question on there. Exactly. I can yeah. respond directly to you um, and not have to keep scrolling um, to look for an answer. It's, mm-hmm, for sure. And uh, again, I'm, I, I've, I've been testing it, too. So we'll get into uh, my experiences with the beta so far. OK, cool. Yeah. And then uh, other updates to the iOS apps is uh, the Maps app, CarPlay, and uh, CarKey, which um, I'm kind of looking forward to, but I mean, it's probably not going to be out in the mainstream for quite a while because I think it's only coming out on one vehicle right now. And that's going to be where you can use your phone to unlock your car, start it, and all that good stuff remotely um, without you know your little key fob and stuff like that. Uh, there's another little side thing that they had, um, App Clips. Which I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna be, be very interested in because I'm tired of just having to install an app just to use it once or just periodically. So that looked pretty cool. Um, yep. So and Android gotta... does also have a version of that too. I forgot what it's called, but like another one, other one of those features that you know was already existing, but the implementation here seems like it's just a lot more a lot more fluid. You just gotta yeah. be careful now that Juan doesn't get your phone, Carlos, and sends his <laughs> sends. sends your key to his phone, and now he can have access to your car. And he'll still need my face. <laughs> <laughs> no, but with with with, with the car, with with the car key, I mean, you can actually, you know, if you get locked out of your car, you can, so, you know, and someone else has, you know, so your girlfriend or your wife has can't get into the car, you can just enter the key. Exactly. Remotely. Yeah. And also, That's too, the there's something built into it where you can still use the key for up to five hours after your mm-hmm. battery dies. So it has like a little it saves like a little bit of energy reserve yeah. just for that reason. So if your phone dies, you can actually still get into your car because it's just low energy Bluetooth and it just, you know, it gets the signal and it'll open up for you. So that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, because NFC doesn't use that much. It's probably NFC doesn't use that much energy, right? So yeah. NFC and low energy Bluetooth uses almost nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's something being reserved in the phone because even after weeks, you can still ter- click your phone and you get that little red um, exactly. that little uh, There's indicator. still some juice in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's probably some reserve that. So it'll give you some time to at least get in your car, plug it in, and then you'll be good from there. 
Yeah, because I think the Apple Watch has that, right? Because, I mean, you can click your Apple Watch a week later after it dies and you, yep, you it'll still, still show the time. time. Exactly. Yeah, it'll still it'll show just the time and the little icon to tell you to charge it and that's it. But, yeah, it's it, it kind of holds on to, to, to battery for a good amount of time. Yep. And uh, iPad OS 14 pretty much brings some of the all those similar updates and stuff, including, you know, the widgets. Um, there's a new feature on there called Scribble, which I which was, looked pretty cool. You that know, is going to be cool. S- scribble your handwrite mm-hmm. and it translates into into text or other things like that um there was also a update for the airpods i don't know if it's specific to the ipad but I don't, i'm pretty sure you found this interesting carlos that spatial audio mm-hmm. feature where you know you move your head and it follows follows you around with the sound especially if you're watching a movie and stuff like that right and that's specific uh, to the airpods pro yes right. airpods yeah. pro Kind of wish I would have gotten the pros instead of the ones I got. Let's try that out. <laughs> but you got to let us know how that is, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that, that feature is there yet because I don't know if... Because um, th- there's no way to manually do a software update on, on AirPods. You just have to have them plugged in and close to your iPhone and they just update automatically. So um, I don't think all that stuff has been pushed out yet. But it's it's cool that it's coming. And then yeah. the other the other update is the the auto the auto sync right for the AirPods. Yeah, that's cool. And that's for it, all AirPods, even the original ones. Yeah, I just hope it's it works well. I don't want to have a situation where it connects to a different device that mm. you don't want it to connect to. And right, right. But we'll see. Yeah. So the way that one works for anyone that didn't see it was if you have AirPods on and you're say you're on a call on your phone. And then say you just pick up your iPad and start watching a video, it sees that you're now using a different device and it automatically switches the audio from your phone to the iPad. Or maybe you're already on your iPad and you get a phone call, it automatically will switch back to your phone. So it's kind of like this auto switching thing. So you don't have to manually go in and switch your headset from device to device. So that's awesome. Yeah, I I think that another thing from the... uh the conference was or for ios is when you get a phone call now it's not going to take up the whole screen mm-hmm. yes which is, is very so convenient can, yeah yeah and i think siri has that update as well where it's not going to black out the whole screen you're just going to get the right. little icon at the bottom um that's so watch over. huge I, I, yeah that I, that i can attest that it's going to be great because right now i use my phone for conference calls all the time and it's a it, it is a pain when it's using the whole entire screen and mm-hmm trying to switch back to read something and go back and click on mute or unmute and it's like oh geez yeah and uh watch os 7 brings face sharing uh the dance work a dance workout which um i'm sure danny's gonna probably get a kick out of <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> make we sure you record those, that one yeah we can't wait for those tiktok videos <laughs> <laughs> uh sleep tracking and uh hand washing detection which you know us being in a pandemic you know very 2020 yeah, very 2020. Yeah. Uh, TVS TV OS 14. I didn't. I don't remember seeing anything about that in the keynote. Uh, it was guys... very small, but they did roll out a very interesting feature. I'll once we. I'll, I'll get into some details on it in a second. Um, but okay, it, it, pretty small updates there. But they did roll out some enhancements that are uh, are welcomed a lot. I'll tell you about it in a sec. Okay uh mac os big sur is the uh new version of yes, mac os <laughs> that's gonna bring the uh control center which uh people are familiar with and uh it's, in their it's pretty much it's pretty much turning mac os into ios and i like yeah, it yes. it, look, it looks it looks great yeah and there's just other similar uh, some redesigns that are similar to the ios apps like you said carlos that'll be coming mm-hmm. to mac os big sur 
Uh, there's some other privacy and security updates, you know, which we don't we won't probably get too much into, but there we will post the uh, the on demand to YouTube. See if anyone wants to check out the keynote and the transition from Intel to Apple Silicon, which is a big thing that you know Danny will be getting into here in a little bit. Uh, Carlos, I think you said did you installed the beta, right? Did you have a developer account? Or did you just? Um, yeah, I yeah I do. It's um, yeah. Okay. We'll leave it. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just I just loaded the profile on there. Downloaded the over the year update. I did it on everything. I did it on my phone. I did it on my iPad. I did it on my watch and on the TV as well. So I'm running the betas currently, which is kind of dangerous to do because how these brave are div- of you? I was gonna yeah. say how brave of you? Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> these are devices. devices. Yeah, these are devices you grab, that I use every day. Grab your older device and do that on <laughs> yeah. before your, no, no, your no, no, actual. No. <laughs> I just dive right in. We'll see how, how it is. But uh, it's actually been uh, very smooth. Um, the iPad has glitched out a couple times on me, um, but it's it's been working fine. The only thing that is I've noticed is like, for example, we talked about the widgets. You know, those are definitely still buggy because sometimes they don't update automatically. Like sometimes you have to click on the widget to open the app. Say it's like the weather widget or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then other times it updates perfectly. So there's definitely still some bugs in the which in the widgets themselves. But uh, they do work very well as far as the way you can position them on any screen. Um, the fact that you now have this app drawer, you know, they call it the app library. Again, another thing from Android. But it's very clean now like uh, now on my phone i only have my front page which has all of my main applications i have a second page which has four more apps that i use and a bunch of widgets and nothing else so everything else is nice and clean and uh, i like that a lot i like how it's just kind of simplified my phone um which is cool and the messaging thing is cool as well because you know i I have a handful of uh like groups that i'm in right you know we have a group chat i got a couple with uh, some other uh, group friends and it's nice to be able to pin those to the top so they show up as like these little bubble icons at the very top of the messaging app and they're always there so you don't have to go and scroll through all your conversations to you know find a um to find a conversation that you're looking for um you can you know you can put pictures to each one as opposed to just, you know how in group chats you can change uh, the name but now you can mm-hmm. also add a specific photo so i added a photo to ours obviously if you guys aren't on the beta you can't see it but on my screen you'll see how it's you know it says morning donut productions and it's got our little donut man logo and so i have that at the very top of the messaging app and it's pretty cool um, and same thing for all my other ones. I put I put you know little pictures for everything, and it, it, not everyone can see them, but you know I can see them, and it's it's nice to to have that organization there. So since you got the beta and the, with the messages app, so if you do an inline reply, I wonder if we would even see the reply. Um, I I would imagine that you would just see the reply, uh, like as a normal one, right? So like for example, yeah. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it right now. We're gonna test this out. I'm gonna reply to one of your messages, Juan. Hello there. This is a test. Okay, so I just replied, and on my screen, under your message, it shows it shows a little blue link that says one reply, and I can click on that, and it'll show that reply to that specific thread or that specific message. But mm-hmm. how does it look on your end? Yeah, <clears throat> on my end, it just looks like a regular message that just mm-hmm. came in. Yep. So again, on my end, you can see how it shows. Uh, a little a little it's not an animation but it's just like this little annotation that shows that you replied to something um mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's pretty cool it actually lets you know who you're replying to um 
so I, I'm, I'm excited for that for everyone to be able to see this um and it's uh, it, it's cool man it's a it's it's a nice convenient way uh to to keep things organizing your messages now when you reply to someone specifically kind of like you know at twitter you can at someone where you can just like hit the at symbol and yep. type in someone's name and they get notified yep. that works too but the only thing i don't like is you have to type out their full name so like for example if i want to reply just to you juan i have to hit the at symbol and i have to type out your whole name i can't just hit like the letter j and it automatically pops up and i can select you so that to me oh, seems like it's wow. you know what i mean so that kind of yeah. seems like it's too much work like <laughs> i don't know well, so i don't yeah do you use because this is one feature i was I actually never knew we needed until I started using WebEx Teams. A exactly, lot. and then you I can use add it a people lot for work all the time. And exactly, and that's when I started using WebEx Teams, using the reply, using the mentions, mm-hmm. and in WebEx Teams, you just start typing someone's, you know, a letter, and it just pops up the yeah. person that you know. Mm-hmm. On WebEx Teams, you don't even have to hit the at symbol. You just type no, in someone's type in name, name, and the list of everyone in that group will populate. So, like, if we're all in a group and I hit the letter J or I start typing someone's name, it'll automatically find that person and then you can select it and now they'll be notified. So, yep. hopefully that's a, a something that they'll do here. But as of right now, again, this is beta one. So, this it's is beta, very so early. Yeah. yeah, very early. Um, you have to type out the whole name and then it'll it'll register that I'm sending it to a specific person. But. It almost seems like it's that that should have been like almost a a no a no brainer to add, right? I mean, but like you said, it's it's it's, it's beta, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, because so. when you're texting, when you're texting someone, even words you don't want to type start appearing. So it's. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, auto completion. Yeah, auto completion. Yeah, auto completion or auto It's pretty smooth. There's not there isn't any bugs in, in actual usage. So I haven't had any issues with uh, reception. I haven't had any issues with calling or any basic, you know, functionality. Everything works good. I just can tell some of those small things uh, are are still a little buggy. Like I said, sometimes the widgets don't update. Um, and same thing on the iPad. The iPad is uh, like, for example, I have my work calendar and everything on my iPad because I use that for work. So on the calendar widget, it shows only my personal uh, calendar and not my work one. So that could be a security thing or maybe just, you know, my my company hasn't update. Obviously, they haven't updated anything yet to work with something that's in beta. But, you know, it's it doesn't pull it in for whatever reason. So I think that's like a security thing. So there's a few things like that that I've seen that don't work out too well. And some stuff missing from the watch, too, like that you talked about the hand washing thing on the Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. That isn't there yet. So what it's supposed to do is it uses the microphone and the motion of you washing your hands. So it listens out for running water or the sound of, of soap and water. And then it automatically triggers the countdown for you. Um, well, that's not active here. And as far as I can <laughs> tell, there's no way to turn that on. Because I looked through all the settings and I thought maybe I have to enable it, but um, that's just in this first beta, that's not there yet. Wow. So, so on the iPad, um, do the widgets? Can you move them around? Because I thought I saw an, an, uh, a video about a beta user not being able to move them around, and they were just stuck on the left side. Correct. Yeah. So on the iPad, okay. as of right now, the widgets are only on your main screen, still on the left side of the screen. So it's not like on the iPhone where you can put them on any page you want. Uh, on the iPad, it's still just um, on that one main screen. They do look better, but it, you can't move them around like you do on the iPhone. Hmm. I wonder if they're going to make that so you can just move it 
tiny pager. Yeah, it would make more sense in my opinion, but we'll see. How about the uh, scribble? Did you try the scribble yet? I have not tried the scribble because uh, I actually lost my pencil and I just found it yesterday and I haven't had a chance because <laughs> I couldn't find it. I'm like, where the hell did my pencil go? I is finally found pen- it. Is it for pencil one or two or is it both? I, it's for, I guess it's for whatever iPad you have, right? So if you have a pro, you have to use the second gen. If right. you have uh, another one, you can use the first generation pencil. Okay. But I believe it's for any any iPad, any pencil, as long as you have one. But haven't had a chance to test it because I literally just found it. <laughs> <laughs> have you used a HomeKit on it? I, 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 that feature where someone if where if you have a camera it has facial rec- facial recognition right at your front door so you, it'll if it's someone in your contacts list it'll prompt you on your phone to let you know this person's at your door. Right, I can't test that right now because I don't have any HomeKit enabled cameras. All of my cameras oh, okay. are, are are Nest, which is Google. But they did announce that there's now an alliance between uh, Apple, between uh, Alexa's uh, Amazon's Alexa, between uh, Google, where all of these. Uh, smart home accessories will now work in HomeKit, which oh, is wow. amazing because okay. I have a lot of Apple, uh, Google products. So because all of my cameras, I have a doorbell and I have uh, the Nest thermostat. And then I have three other cameras around my house that are all Nest. So now whenever this happens, it's not it's not there yet, obviously, but they announced that it's going to it's going to come. Now you'll be able to put all of those into HomeKit. Uh, which is awesome because that's going to be great. Yeah. Now I can have them all in one place in my home kit and not having to use two separate apps. Cause right now I have to use the nest app for, to view my cameras and to change my thermostat. Uh, and so having it pulled into the same place is going to be super awesome. So I'm excited for that. That that's going to be great. Oh yeah. And what about uh TV OS? You said something, you had a feature you wanted to talk about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> So here's the thing with TVOS. Well, first of all, they also changed it a little bit too, where if you on TVOS, if you hold down the little uh, home key, uh, something swipes up from the left and it gives you an option to like change profiles. It's almost like a notification center or like mm-hmm. a command center on the on the on the Apple TV. Well, they redesigned that. Now it looks more rounded, like it does in iOS. Um, they also added uh, HomeKit in there. So when I hold that little button down. The little animation slides out from the side, and I can ch- control my all of my HomeKit scenes right there on, on my TV, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing <clears throat> that's actually functional is AirPlay 2. So whenever you wanted to AirPlay 2, I mean, AirPlay 2 has been out for a while, but enhancement to AirPlay 2 is, say you want to send a video from your phone to your TV, right, via AirPlay. You can only do, it was maxed out at 1080p. That's it. It was just 1080p video stream. It doesn't matter where it was coming from. Um, and it's it's fine. It's always been like that because, you you know, it was, AirPlay's been around for so long and they've been kind of slow to update that and enhance it. Uh, where now it sends it at whatever the source is. So, like, for example, if I'm watching a 4K video on Disney Plus, for example, and I send that over to my TV via AirPlay, it'll send it in full 4K in full HDR or Dolby Vision or whatever it is. So it's works so much better. It, it's not maxed out at 1080p anymore, which is awesome. Oh, wow. huh. I'm sure you like it, yeah. Matt. <laughs> yeah, so I tested it out. You know, I, I downloaded, um, well, actually, uh, last week, too. Remember we talked about how, was that last week when we talked about X-Men on on Disney Plus in Canada? Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> same thing there, right? I Because I was using a VPN to check that out, I was able to now airplay from the app, from the Disney Plus app on my phone, send it over to the TV, and it actually sends it over in full 4K HDR, which is awesome. Whereas before, 
it would have been limited to 1080p and it would have looked like trash. So it's a very cool uh, thing for now you can send whatever's on your phone in full resolution to the TV. Nice. Mm -hmm. So again, something that's actually pretty functional that I, that people will use on a, on a daily, on a regular basis and, you know, not be limited to a a lower resolution uh, stream. Yeah. Yeah. So any of those, any of us that don't have a developer accounts or anything like that, I know the public beta should be out July. I think it's Mm -hmm. what they said. Yeah. So anyone listening can uh, download the public beta come next month and give it a try. Um, So the Apple silicon so they're gonna do away with intel uh danny what you you think about that i'm actually excited it's a two-year it's a two-year transition right so that's what Mm -hmm. i yeah so and we and um i felt like the catalyst was a precursor to that right where they're trying to blend the ios apps with your mac Mm -hmm. make it all kind of one group i mean one ecosystem at first i was kind of concerned i'm like what about all these other third-party app developers who develop for the mac on the Intel chip, but sounds like we'll be okay with Adobe products. We'll be okay with the Microsoft products. They'll all be supporting ARM. So um, we'll see. I mean, I, I was going to buy a new Mac, but now I'm going to wait until these come out and get my new Mac once the, um, the new, my new MacBook once once the ARM comes out. But it sounds like the maybe the heavier rigs are going to still stick with Intel for a couple more years, right? Because it sounds like the new the new PCs. I mean, the, the new computers are still going to have still Intel chips in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think they said even some that are coming out later this year are still going to have Intel in there. Yeah. So it's you know it's going to be a a little bit of a slower rollout transition wise. But the MacBook, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking the new MacBook Pro will have a. I guess it's going to be the same way when they when they transition from Power PC to Intel. I mean, you kind of had that right dual environment. And they have that. What is that? Their uh, their Rosetta. Um, it's like a translator where it takes software that's not necessarily compatible and makes it compatible right um but again when you're uh, you know when you're as big as apple you can just pretty much tell developers like well if you want your stuff to be on our machines then make it compatible so now everyone is probably going to go ahead and make some kind of uh arm compatible version of whatever app they have that's typically you know intel based for desktop and all that so and Photoshop um, is huge. I mean, that's a yeah. I mean, I mean, Adobe in general, it's a massive company. Microsoft too, and they're like, yeah, we'll we'll do whatever you want, Apple, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. so yeah, of course they will. I mean, how could they not? That's a lot of uh, that's a big part of their base that they would potentially lose if they're not going to make their stuff compatible with the machines they're using in the future. So, do you think the uh, the removal of boot camp plays into that? Because there's not going to be Intel no more. I don't know. I I don't, I don't think they ever cared about people using boot camp you mean like they don't want people to use it and they're going to take it away or yeah well i don't know if it has anything to do with windows and being on intel or amds it's not going to work on the the arm chip right i mean you can i mean there's versions of windows that can i mean in the past there's versions of windows that ran on arm right like the like windows rt for example which obviously didn't work out very well virtualizations mm-hmm. yeah you'll have yeah. virtualization software it's mm-hmm. yeah you still have the parallel stuff it's, it's gonna be quirky but um exactly. but yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. Um, yeah. So what, and for, just for everyone that, that doesn't know that you know we're talking about ARM. ARM is a is a is an architecture of making processors, and ARM processors is pretty much what's in every single mobile device. So any phone you have, whether it's an Android, whether it's an iPhone, iPads, all that stuff runs off of an ARM ARM uh, processor, and that's the kind of processor that it is. Um, and it's they run more efficiently, which is why they're in cell phones and things like that because they can run at high pro, uh, high performance without using a lot of power whereas right. well, your, typical your iPad, desktop yeah yeah your ipad is, has an arm processor in it and- exactly and that thing is 
you know, the, 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 the latest iPad Pros are just as powerful or not more than most like Ultrabooks. So you get a lot of power with very little, uh, a lot of power, a lot of performance with very little power consumption. And that's kind of the whole thing about it. That's what I'm looking forward to. I would love to see battery life on, oh, on, these, God, new, yeah. on these new MacBook laptops? Pros. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. going to be. I, that's what I'm excited about. Yep. Now, and then one thing what I'm not excited about is the cost. We'll see what they're oh, going to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I was going to say just on that same note that you just touched on is that, you know, potentially in the future, you can run full-blown macOS on an iPad. Because if you're going to if you're going to make your desktop operating system compatible with ARM, then that means you can actually do away with something like iPad OS yep. and actually put full blown Mac OS on a on a on a iPad Pro because it's it's powerful enough to do it. Even the developer kit that they made, they made the the Mac Mini with the same processor that's in the iPad Pro 20, uh, 2020 version of the iPad Pro. And, so so that's. As you can see, as you can see, that's where they're starting to kind of bring it into one ecosystem. And, yes, and that's what Catalyst was starting to do: bring your iOS apps mm-hmm. onto your laptop, onto your Intel-based laptop through Catalyst software. So exactly, exactly. This that was kind of the precursor. So, I, I, so I'm excited. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And um, I, man, well, the compatibility what? it's just it's going to be limitless with compatibility wise. I mean, think about it. If you have a a desktop computer that also runs on an ARM uh, architecture. That means that all of your iPad apps, iOS apps, they'll just work on that device natively without anything special to it'll just work. And that's really cool. So all everybody who's into Hackintosh, I guess you have a couple of years to say goodbye to that. Right. Ability. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> again, man, it's uh, but again, that's that's what made me the most excited was, man, I can run full blown, you know, Mac OS Big Sur on an iPad if they let you do it, because it's literally mm-hmm. the same architecture. And that's exciting. What will probably happen is you'll probably have like you can probably run the full OS but some apps, you may have a light version versus, you know, you know, you'll have a Photoshop light version. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Well, actually, no, you can probably have a full blown Photoshop on your yeah. on an iPad Pro. The only thing, though, is that you would be limited on your space. Right. Think about if you yep. say you only had a 64 gig iPad, that's not going to cut it. Right. But if you have a, you know, a 256 or a 512 or even the big, you know, one terabyte models, then, yeah, you're good. Yeah, but, but that with, would be with, the only limitation is the space. But with your internet speed at your house, you you can just have the cloud service on it. Yeah, obviously, just, just stream everything. <laughs> you and your T one line. Whoever T one line, T three lines. <laughs> just aged ourselves. It's not gonna work with with my mine and Juan's. Uh, what do we have? Juan fifty meg. Ours. What do you mean ours? Yours. How long does it I take you to upload upload the the, the, the wave upload, files? Man. My <laughs> upload is. I don't know what's wrong with my upload. My download is fine. It's my upload. It's your upload speed is. Is real bad. <laughs> it's so slow. <laughs> <laughs> Told you the last one. You could have just drove to Carlos's house and airdropped it to him. Yeah, I yeah, think there's something. There was faster. something blocking. There was something going on. I know they were running Netflix in the house and all kinds of stuff. So I don't know. I gotta check my my download is fine. It's just my upload is something. I gotta just get that checked out. <laughs> and what about uh devel- or, um app development, Danny? I know you're you're pretty much into X-Code. a lot of development. Yeah, yeah Xcode um, stuff. I like haven't that. had a chance to. Do- I haven't had a chance to download Xcode 12 on it, but um. I'm definitely gonna dig more into that one. I'm excited. Um, wait, wait, Danny, are you trying the Big Sur beta yet or no? No, no, I have, I have not okay. had a chance. I haven't had a chance to download anything. I haven't even downloaded the iOS 14 yet. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I haven't downloaded anything this week. Um, I've just been reading and researching and watching the vids. I just haven't had a chance to really. I 
want to just spend a day download it and just focus on that with no interruptions <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure <clears throat> the, yeah. the the big sur is the only one i haven't tested because I, I don't have a, a mac anymore it's i moved everything to pc um but yeah See, before i used to do that because i had two macbooks but now my other macbook it's already it's already went to eosl so there's no you know it's no, it's no longer supported so i can't download anything onto those to the other macbook i have mm-hmm. um it's already at its end of service life so um it's not going to take anything so i don't want to download it on my only macbook that i have um i was going to probably do a partition but now nah, i'll just um I, I may do that I, do a, I may do a partition on this one and just have it yeah I, i've always been pretty uh pretty brave with the with the betas i'll just typically install them day one and see how they go um just because yeah. like if they don't work i can just go back down it's not a it's not a huge deal so it's the, the, at worst, I just have to re- reset everything up because you got to wipe the phone and reinstall everything. And that's that's fine. That's not a big deal. No, don't worry about the phone. I'm talking about a MacBook, about Big Sur. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just, I just meant in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. I may do a partition on this on this laptop and just. um. Yeah, man, if you do, give it a go, man. It looks beautiful. I really want to oh, test like, it out. I just I wish I, like I could. It. I like the Big Sur. It's, it's, it looks really good. Yeah. Any other I'm thoughts? On, uh, any other no. thoughts on the uh, no, keynote? But, I mean, I'm, well, it was, like I said, it was. As you guys mentioned at the beginning, it was it was great. It just seemed like he se- he seems more comfortable when he's talking in front of an audience than by himself. You think so? I feel like he well, obviously it's all scripted more because he's it was pre recorded. But I don't know. I felt like uh, it, he did great it, both he, he did yeah. great both times. But I'm saying I just felt like he looks more comfortable in front of a crowd. Like more, oh maybe, yeah maybe, yeah I maybe see what you're saying of, for sure. You know what it probably is maybe it's because when you're watching it like the previous years there's a crowd there's more hype it just mm-hmm. the energy you, levels there you get the woos and all that stuff every yeah time, he so, seems yeah. more he <laughs> seems more energetic because it's like mm-hmm. you know you i guess you you know it, it's it's you know the, the energy level in the in the in this in the auditorium probably kicks in but no yeah you're right you're right i'm gonna have to incorporate any of that into future keynotes and stuff like that especially when they do their hardware announcements in the fall. Well, I wonder if they'll have little micro releases throughout. Like, well, they'll have these type of announcements for stuff throughout the. You know, instead of just releasing something on a, on a, on a site, maybe they'll have these type of videos. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're they're pretty good at promotions and advertising and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to the hardware release this this fall. I mean, I know they're you know that's what I know you have like the beta version of 14, but you always have that new phone that has extra features that we don't know about. Exactly until. right, and also the the performing the performance power to push it even better. It's more optimized yep. for that as well too. So. Um, yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a cool future for uh, what's coming from, you know, kind of having everything together in that, as they call it, the walled garden, where even more so, where all of your devices are even more compatible with each other, from your iPad to your phone to your MacBook or your iMac or whatever you have. Um, yep. and it's it's gonna be pretty cool, pretty cool. Yep. So, do you oh. think you think it'll be ready for um? It'll be opened up by then, or you think by the fall they'll still be doing this? Um, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's probably still going to be uh, on the lighter side even by the fall. But who knows? Everyone's moving at different speeds too, so you got to take that into account. Yep. All right. Any final thoughts, guys? No. No, nah, man. I'll, no. I'll update you guys as the betas get updated too. Let you know what yeah, gets added. Do. So you know, next week if because there's usually a. Uh, updates every like Monday or Tuesday when you're doing the beta. So like beta mm-hmm. two might be out sometime this week, and um, I'll let you know, you know how those go if they're you know vast improvements or if any features have been added. Yeah, we'll look, we'll look forward to that. And then you know there's always speculation and rumors that come out, and then once people get their hands on the code, they they start digging and finding little yep. little key things and stuff like that that might be coming that we're not aware of and stuff like that. So. It'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Just a couple months until we get our hardware and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Yep. 
Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe. Please be sure to rate us and give us feedback. We're still waiting on some uh, Apple reviews and comments. Leave those I know we reviews. Got one. I know we got one from somebody wanting some more Batman, so hopefully we satisfied them in this episode with the, the Michael <laughs> Keaton talk. I don't know who that is, but we'll find you. Show yourself. <laughs> I have an idea of who it is, but I haven't confronted them yet, so... That's all right. Please be sure to follow us on our social media, which will be linked in the show notes. Uh, That's all for this week, guys. Thanks, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Catch y'all later. All right. Have a good day. Thank you for listening, human.